Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Want support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Guys, the worst kept secret in Teesside. Michael Carrick, Borough head coach, two and a half year deal. Uh, Jonathan Woodgate is probably the biggest surprise out of all of it, becoming uh, one of the assistants and another coach just to be confirmed. And Leo Persevich has moved to a new role at the club as head of player pathway and development. Uh, we'll come to Woodgate and Leo probably a little bit later on, but how are you both feeling about the appointment of Michael Carrick? Uh, Dana, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'm feeling intrigued. I don't think I'm quite excited yet. I'm hoping that will come in due course and it's really up to Carrick to enable us to feel excited and to feel attached to the team and to really get us buying into his philosophy because in truth, we don't know about his philosophy. There's very little, if anything, to go off because even those three games in interim charge at Manchester United, you probably can't take too much from that because I suppose it's the natural progression of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer leaving and him picking up and not changing too much. Um, But I quite like that there's not a lot to go off because I think often we could get bogged down in the past and what happened, you know, Wilder, for example, at Sheffield United and the standards really set within that. It's good that it's a clean slate, really, and we will know more about Carrick as he develops at this football club. So, yeah, not excited yet. There's still a a little tinge of of apathy there from myself, I'm not going to lie, but I'm hoping that he will take me on that journey and that we will see some good football and just see the the progression of this team under Michael Carrick. Tom, how are you feeling? I think intrigued is the perfect word for it, to be honest. Um, can't be too optimistic because, like, with all due respect to Carrick, there's nothing to be optimistic about just yet. Like, we don't know anything uh, about how he's going to be. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, how he tries to, to have us playing, what formation, uh, you know, our, our system we're, we're going to be playing. Um just how how he's gonna kind of man uh, man manage the team? I, I don't know. It's just there's there's a lot of unknowns at the moment, isn't there? So 
I'm hoping for a, a really positive start. I think, you know, I'm going to Preston on, on Saturday, so I'd love to see us uh, have that, that new manager bounce for a change because it always takes us a couple of uh, games for some reason and everyone else gets it straight away. But, yeah, we've got them, Holloway, and then Bristol City at home. So three, other than Preston, where I think it'll be a more difficult game, three winnable games. So uh, hopefully you can, can hit the ground running. The only manager that has got a win in his first game in charge since we got relegated was Neil Warnock. The rest is uh, draws and defeats. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for, for Carrick, but let's hope we can have an, a second manager getting his first win since uh, relegation. Well, I hope so. I mean, I, I just just for Tom's sake, really, I feel like <laughs> yeah. optimistic Tom um, might not even be optimistic uh, <laughs> in a few weeks. See, Tom, I, see, I've got to be optimistic for you. Uh, but no, I, I think it's a really good appointment from us, really, to be honest. I know it's it's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I'm looking at his career and look at how he played as, as a football and the standards that he had. And then also the managers he's worked under, I feel like, He's probably learned enough and also he's probably done the study behind that to to become a, a manager right now. And it's going to be intriguing to see what he does and what he has around him as well because, you know, Woodgate is he's, he was the head coach of Borough. He's went away, went to Bournemouth, he's come back. And I think, really, I think we do need a bit more experience to go, to go around that and to give him, give him the time that he needs. But... I thought I'd get I'd speak to uh, to Dale O'Donnell from Straight News uh, and a Manchester United blog and a podcast and, and show as well, and just to get some insight on on Michael Carrick because I just want to understand what type of manager he might be. From a Manchester United perspective, I think we're all very excited to see what Michael Carrick can do as a football manager. It's his first permanent job. Um, since since leaving the club, he was an employee at Manchester United for many years, not just a player, having worked under Mourinho and Solskjaer. And I think his experiences with those managers, not only playing under Sir Alex Ferguson, will bode well in the future. I think in the modern game, you need a goal, you need a manager. Sorry, excuse me, who is able to control the media, is able to answer tough questions, and he's been in the spotlight at times where he's had to do that. Now. He only managed Manchester United as caretaker manager for three games. United are unbeaten in that spell. and But just to, to give a bit more insight on that is those three games came last season and we had one of our worst seasons today. One of our worst seasons to date. So Carrick came in under unfortunate circumstances and kind of shored the ship a little bit for United. Now, that doesn't give a, a full picture of what Borough fans can, can expect in, in, in the coming months or, or, or hopefully years. But I do think Carrick is someone who will, will take this job very, very seriously, will take his career very seriously. And from speaking to people who have worked with him down the years, he is someone who is calm, assured, and um, very, very focused, like I said, on the job at hand. So from Manchester United perspective, Carrick, he was a pleasure to watch um, as a player as well. Touch on that because for many years, Manchester United fans have been blessed to have seen the the absolute brilliance of Roy Keane running the midfield and the sheer rock and roll that that brought. But Carrick in his um had a, brought a different sense to our midfield. It was much more like jazz, as Gary Neville once said it to me. It was more calm and assured. And I think from the touchline, you'll see you'll start to see that sort of character character from Carrick, and we wish him well. So thanks for that, Dale. Um, so Tom, 
calm, assured, focused, and, and even uh, Carrick said he's all in. Uh, so how does that <laughs> how does that sound to you then? Uh, sounds good. Um, you know, we we could possibly do with a little bit more calmness after the last two uh, <laughs> two managers. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. I think with the the managers and the the coaches he's he's worked under, and you know what he was like as a player, like very intelligent player. I, I hope that you know as as a coach, he will be able to kind of take a step back and you know look, look at things a lot more tactically. Um, you know, I mean, coaches he's worked alongside in the past, like Kieran McKenna, are doing absolutely fantastic in, in their first roles. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd hope he can kind of carry all that over into his uh, his first role as well. Yeah, and with that, Dana, I mean, I'm going to have to come to it because I think everyone <laughs> on T-side was surprised at it. But for him to, to bring in Jonathan Woodgate, you know, former head coach, and he did really well at Bournemouth as well, but... I think Woodgate's going to naturally get the headlines, I think, because of just the sheer surprise of it all. And everyone knew that Carrick was going to take the role. But what do you think of Woodgate returning? Because it's, like I said, a, a big shock. I mean, I, I nearly spat my tea out when, when I say it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. And I, I, I definitely do understand the anxieties around it because the last time that Woodgate was here, things didn't go well, did it? I mean, he almost got us relegated. But I think it's very crucial to note that he's not coming back as the manager. So although I understand the anxiety, I don't quite understand the level of it because you would think that Woodgate is a chartlin, like a Vincent Tan trying to tear away the Cardiff City identity, changing their colours from blue to red. Somebody that doesn't understand football and has come in, you know, toxicity all around. But Woodgate isn't that. You know, he is somebody that's earned his coaching badges. He's went win and done really well with Bournemouth. And people can change, you know, and develop and grow and learn. And I think he will have learned a lot from that spell uh, in the hot seat at Middlesbrough. It came far, far too early for him. And also we didn't give him the right tools to succeed, whether or not he actually had the ability to succeed anywhere. But I'm not against it provided we can bring in the right experience alongside him because Woodgate has seen this before with a lack of experience. When he lined up in that press conference and in the front seat was Leo Perkovich, Danny Coyne and Robbie Keane, we should have knew then it was going to be a complete disaster. So Borough need to learn from their mistakes. Woodgate needs to learn from his mistakes. And I am, I'm all for this Jonathan Woodgate redemption arc. He's, he clearly has something to offer, hence why Steve Gibson gave him the, the job in 2019, hence why Bournemouth called upon him. A lot of people in our Telegram chat talking about how he speaks on uh, BBC Five Live, comes across really well, seems to understand the game and speak very well of it so I think he's got something to offer and I really hope that Jonathan Woodgate can bring the goodness of him and his coaching ability to the table because I think there's maybe some some unfair criticism of him being back you know jobs for the boys etc etc but he's earned his coaching badges let's see what he can do let's get behind him and hopefully it could be a, a success but we do need that experience alongside him I think that's very very crucial him and Carrick need that experience and and when they the said that in the press conference, uh, Carrick uh, uh, said, uh, Carrick, uh, Carrick, um, <laughs> he, he said that, what type of profile coach are you after? And he says, just someone who can improve all the time, who can buy into our methodology and our principles. 
appreciate a bit of a cop-out answer uh, because I think <laughs> that's exactly what you want. You don't want someone to kind of have have like a a static mentality and say that's the best mm-hmm. I can do. Everyone, there's always going to be improvement to be made. Uh, but Tom, do you think we, we will up to up towards like a, a more experienced coach? And is there anyone that has your eye at all? Uh, well, I mean, there was a lot of talk before uh, Carrick came in about what his backroom team was going to look like. And, you know, that, that I had pretty much the same reaction as you, Johnny, when Woodgate was announced because I was, I was like, what? <laughs> how, how does that make any sense? But, you know, I'm like all, all on board with it and stuff. But it just, it was very surprising considering, you know, before Carrick came in, all the rumours floating around were that he was pretty much bringing in Fergie's coaching team from Man United behind him. Um, that that said, um, you know, someone from that coaching team, uh, like Mike Phelan or Rene Muhlenstein, uh, with a bit more experience, could work really well alongside Carrick and Woodgate. I do think that's uh, what was missing the first time we, we kind of tried this, because... That, that was another kind of first thought when you saw the uh, the announcement. It was just like, we're pretty much doing the same thing we did in 2019, but with different people in different roles. Um, it's like, have we learned nothing? But um, <laughs> it, it does look like we are going to bring in a more experienced coach. We've we've obviously learned from from that mistake. And yeah, just so, someone along the the Phelan and Billenstein roles who can uh, lines who can work pretty well with Carrick and Woodgate would uh, would, would do for me. Another thing yeah. on Woodgate, just before we move on, uh, just because he didn't succeed as a manager doesn't mean that he can't succeed as a coach. So, fingers crossed it works out. I think yeah, there's a lot to be fair to him, like, long-term as a manager, he could still work out. Um, I, I think when when he first got that job for, for Borough, that's it's pretty much like starting your management career on legendary mode, like with, with what we were trying to do. We were trying to trying to t- change a, a Tony Pulis defensive team into mm. a, a young attacking team playing a 4-3-3. And, you know, you're going to do that by having four summer signings, which all had like an average age of about 22 as well. Like, you know, it, it's he's probably still learning himself and this could be a, you know, a decent learning experience for him. And, as I mentioned on the last pod, like we've got to have that kind of um, progression route through to to head coach from the coaching staff we already have at the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like, three or four years down the line, we're seeing Woodgate as uh, head coach again. And just talk about that that linear path then, because Leo did did and is moving into this new role and the head of player development and pathway, <clears throat> and also. That's going to be very interesting to see how that's going to develop uh, probably over like, the next 12 to 18 months. And Academy was was something that was mentioned a lot in the press conference. I want to speak about that now. But Dana, what, what's your thoughts on the, what Carrick mentioned there around giving a lot of players the chance and that linear path to the first team? And how can you see that develop over the next 18 months? Listen, I hope it it's utilised a lot more. I don't think that there was a pathway there really under Chris Wilder. Um, Maddo spoke about it on uh, BBC T's Red Alert and you spoke off air, but you spoke on air this morning. So I can, well, earlier on, so I can say this as well. But he said how there was a bit of a divide behind the scenes between the first team and the academy. Obviously, Maddo works within the academy sector and it never felt collegial, it never felt together, it never felt really glued glued together and that's a massive shame and I feel like that kind of feeds into what I've just said there, the narrative about 
the pathway wasn't really there under Wilder for young players um, as much as I hoped it would be. And I mean, the academy is there. If Borough want to unearth gems and untapped potential, what was said to us by Craig Johns in one of our transfer pods, that doesn't have to come from elsewhere outside of the club. That can come from within. That can be a Sonny Finch. It could be a Cal Kavanagh. It could be a Bryant Belongo. Sol Brin doing so well at Swindon, by the way. One of the, in fact, the, the mm-hmm. League Two's best goalkeeper in terms of goals prevented. Um, obviously he's out on loan right now so we can't bring him into the first team but it's so important to bring these young players in every fan of every club not just Borough not just a northeast club every club up and down the country resonates with having a young player in their setup look at Blackburn the amount of young players they're giving professional contracts to now Jack Vale one of the latest um Adam uh, Adam Wharton Scott Wharton um you know we we love to see these young players in our team. Hayden Hackney now taking his opportunity. Uh, and imagine being Hayden Hackney and seeing Michael Carrick come into your football club. I mean, what a role model for him to look look up to. So we need to utilise the, the academy more. Um, if we want to go down a more sustainable route and not splash X amount of money on players like we did with Brits on Malonga, £8 million for George Savile, et cetera, et cetera. We've got to use the young players. Um, and I don't think from now going forward, Borough are a side that are expected to get promoted. So I think we can afford putting youngsters in the team and and, and seeing them develop and make mistakes along the way because it's going to happen. Um, I would love to see more academy lads brought into this team. Yeah, I think with the, with the academy stuff as well, like when you look around the place, now you've got Ledbetter, who is a veteran in the football league. You've got Lee Catamall, who played at a good level in the Premier League uh, with, with Sunderland and, and with Wigan. And also then you look at your, your head coaching staff, Jonathan Mugget, Real Madrid, Newcastle, Tottenham. Uh, obviously, Kent Borough as well as Borough lad. And then you look at Michael Carrick, who were game at Tottenham, Manchester United, won, won it all and had so many England caps, but then he, he should have really had more, but just, just didn't. And I feel like if you can if you can't learn off those type of players, then I don't know who you can really learn off, um, or at least mm. get something from it. And I think that clear path could could be fortuitous, fortuitous. I can't say the word, but fortuitous, fortuitous. Yeah, that's right. Couldn't get it. Couldn't say it. If sorry, I got you back, Yeah, like in like the next like couple of years, but. It'd be interesting to see who comes through or who's going to be on the bench on the next couple of months or, or years and uh, see who comes through as well. But when you're mentioning like around like alignment as well, it was kind of like the word the day in the press conference because Kieran Scott was bang, about, bang on about it. And he said it's, it's been 14 months in the making. Um, stability looks like uh, a manager who wants to be here for the long haul and willing, willing to work within the structure. And obviously that's been quite uh, paraphrased slightly, but... Um, it was very interesting <laughs> to hear Kieran Scott sing and stuff like that. But what were your thoughts on Kieran Scott uh, in the in the press at a day, Tom? Because there's a couple of digs in there for Wilder, but also his his path uh, and his work. It looks like it's finally starting to begin now. Well, I mean, my first thought was bloody hell, he's quiet because I, I was one <laughs> of the ones who was suffering with severe sound issues while I was trying to listen to it <laughs> but um, I, I did uh, did laugh at the uh, the sort not so subtle uh, digs at Wilder um, you know where you mentioned um, you know some coaches want to come in and kind of like move on straight away and uh, something about um, how no one in the team is is signed without everyone in the the first team coaching staff wanting them and, and stuff like that I, I think 
Wilder leaving has really left a, a bad taste in the mouth at, uh, at the football club. So it's it's really important to to get this one right. And I, I think you know with, with Carrick coming in, it, it, it's clear that he's happy to work in that structure. And I think what what is important now as well is that we've heard it from three different people in senior management. Um, when the announcement was made, it was only Steve Gibson on the um, the, the quotes in the article, and then you've had Bowser and Scott at the press conference with um, Carrick as well today, kind of like backing that up as well. So it, it's it does seem really important that everyone's on board, and um, yeah, it, hopefully everyone's on the same page and can uh, push on from here. Can we talk about Cameron Scott's? pink flamingo tie please for a second well that was my next question actually so what, <laughs> Dana, what, what do you think of the flamingo pink tie uh, of kieran yeah. scott you know what i loved it the fact that he was aiming subtle snipes at chris wilder whilst sporting that tie was absolutely excellent <laughs> bet your head of football can't do that <laughs> as, as ties go um i was it, it's up there you know there's Stupendous. only two yeah, there's there's that tie from from Kieran Scott, and then there's tie in our Telegram chat as well. Who uh, <laughs> who, who comes who comes a close second to that, and he'll love that shout at him out. But can I just go back to Chris, uh, Chris Wilder's last last uh, question I have. Him, but can we question that initial appointment there? Because Kieran Scott said 14 months in the making. Appreciate like if Chris Wilder was available, you know he was very successful in his previous role and, and previous roles as well. So. Sometimes you do take a shortcut for that, try and get that instant success. But longer term, it feels like it's Borough kind of went full circle back to this whole Woodgate um, <laughs> appointment. With obviously with Carrick now, um, but but can we question that appointment of of um, Chris Wilder? I think you can in hindsight. Nobody was questioning it at the time, were there? But yeah, when Kim Scott mentioned how, you know, this is how I wanted to operate 14 months ago when talking about the fact that he's brought in a head coach now. You, you saw it, didn't you, on the Telegram chat? I was like, well, why wasn't, this, why didn't this start 14 months ago then? Why are we only really starting it now? But when a manager like Chris Wilder comes available, and obviously he was already available because he was out of a job, but he said in certain interviews he was taking time out, didn't he? So, but when a manager like Chris Wilder becomes available, you don't say no to that, do you? I mean, his his record with Sheffield United and Oxford and Northampton, it's very easy, I suppose, to to go towards that manager to, as you said, to try and get that instant success. But you should never, you should never get sidetracked. You know, if if Borough's goal back then was to have a head coach, we should have got a head coach. And I know it's all said in hindsight, but mm. yeah, the plans there should never have been compromised. So I think. Maybe a mistake there on Boris' part, but as I said, I'll reiterate, I don't think you could have questioned the decision to bring in Chris Wilder. It's just unfortunately it unraveled very, very quickly and it became very apparent, very obviously, that he was not the right fit. But uh, this is a clean slate now. I think this is Borough going forward. What can we do? Um, Kieran Scott's really got to earn his corn now because he said that this is how he wants to operate. He will operate like how he wanted to from now on. We've got to see the the, the fruits being, um, bear the fruits of, of that. Yeah, and I think that'll will come. I think when we talk about like this this plan with Kieran Scott and um, when he when he first when he was first appointed as well, it was kind of a case of let this have three or four years and really grow and be sustainable. Because I think Bora's model now is sustainability 
pro- progressing the youth all the way through and also recruiting right. And I think I know Kieran Scott said there in, in the interview as well that um, everyone is on board when players are signed. So obviously there's a couple of parkies that might have been uh, <laughs> thrown there. But um, I think in terms of, uh, let's move on like the small bit of style side of things, what we want what we want to see, because I think like the recruitment is, we will see what the recruitment's like over the coming weeks um, and months. But we don't really know like the principles of Michael Carrick or what the style may be um, or what, Michael Carrick Ball might even look like. Um, but what would you got? Would what would you guys like to see in his tenure? Um, like Dan, because what does he need to do to like rectify the, this board team at the moment? How can we improve? How can he and his coaching staff improve it? Well, he needs to get them playing and believing in themselves again. Because we've said so many times they can perform better than this. We saw it just last season. So. He mentioned in the first interview that he had on the club website that the players just need to believe <clears> again and play with the confidence. So he needs to bring that confidence back. I think going back to basics is is good. We've seen a lack of organisation. Borough are actually pretty highly ranked in terms of um, possession this season. They're fifth rank, actually, 55.4% possession. So we are a possession-dominant side. But converting that into goals and, and goal scoring opportunities is something that Carrick needs to do as well because uh, 1.2 goals per match and 3.4 shots uh, on target per match, those numbers are firmly bottom half. And there's going forward there, there's a little bit of a disconnect what, what we've seen in recent games, not taking risks, not quickening the tempo of the games and playing a little bit too safe, which I think goes down to the confidence. And as well, there's this weird disconnect between the underlying numbers of Borough's defence and the defence in actuality. So Borough have conceded 21 goals from a league best XG conceded of 14. So on paper, our defence should not be conceding the amount of goals that it is. Obviously, XG accounts for quality of chances. And you you have to say some of the goals that we've conceded have been so sloppy. Counter-attacks, the first goal of the season, we conceded a counter-attack because of what more running down a blind alley. Um QPR, Chris Willett buying one in top bins, but that opportunity arose because we, you know, a, a very bad square ball from Jones lost it, count, got counterattacked. There's so many goals that we could have avoided quite easily. You know, QPR again, set pieces, Blackburn, set piece, um, Millwall, stupid set piece where the, the friggin' Zian Fleming, it comes off Chirac Pom's heel and goes in the back of the net. We just need to stop these stupid goals being conceded as well. So there's there's a few things that he needs to sort out. Um, but I think firstly, stripping it back to the basics um, and just getting the team believing again. Tom, what would you like to see? Yeah, I think getting the team believing again is the big one uh, for the moment. And I feel like he is probably the person to do it. I think... The last couple of managers I've talked about, there've been no kind of like real leaders in that that dressing room, and you know while they try to address it by Simon Lenahan, and we've got enough senior players in that dressing room who should be able to to lead on the pitch. But when you look at that coaching team now, Carrick and Woodgate are both being captains over their career. They are both leaders, so they should be able to to help motivate that team and and, and pick them up. Um, so I think in terms of addressing leadership, we've Possibly done it at the coaching level uh, as Led well as, as well. Ten- Cattermall. and Ledbetter, yeah, Ledbetter, yeah. Ledbetter. Um, 
as well as trying to do it on in the uh, in the team as well. So I feel like that that'll be one of the first things they need to do. But also, I'd like to see a bit of kind of tactical flexibility uh, from from Carrick. Like we've said, we we don't really know what to expect in terms of uh, formation or style of play or anything like that. But we know that that he was a a very intelligent player, uh, and you know he, he's worked under some of the best coaches going. I'm sure he does have a level of tactical knowledge about him. Um, what would be good to see is if we could just find a system and make that work. I don't want to necessarily see us change in formation every week uh, or anything like that because I think for me being successful is having a style of play and forcing the other team to to try and counteract that rather than constantly changing to try and counteract the other team um, so I, f- I feel like he does need a set system but probably the ability to change things uh, during a match and in-game management is going to be uh, be very crucial as well uh, and I'd like to see that from Carrick yeah tactical flexibility is massive in the modern game now isn't it you know what you're seeing it in the in the Chelsea Man United game uh, with Kovacic came on for Kuka <clears throat> Corella for um, and then you see that in goal three and that really changed the whole dynamic of the game that was really cool from uh, from Graham Potter as well but on the whole Carrick um you know, him being appointed. I want to ask you the question of what does success look like for Michael Carrick and for you guys as well, because right now, you know, we we've, he's been appointed. There's going to be a linear path in place. You know, I think what Middlesbrough's vision is to have academy brought in sustainability, but what does success look for you guys as fans? Because everyone wants promotion, but sometimes that's just not achievable. But what could be the next best thing? So... Dana, what, what, what's your, what does success in the Michael Carrick hmm. era look like for you? That's a tough question. It's a good one, actually. Um, Thanks, I I've think... been working on that. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely just said that on the spot. Um, I don't know, to be honest. I think for me, and I can only speak for me here, I think just seeing that progression and, as I said, we are starting on a very clean slate with Carrick. We don't know anything about him really as a coach because he hasn't been able to implement that in his own right I want to see possession-based football I think effective possession-based football would be a success I don't really care about leave position anymore to be honest I think our pre-season predictions went out the door pretty much instantly but I want to see just progression I know it's very very vague like what is progression and I think to answer that the development of players bringing in academy players as well implementing the youth and going back to the Riverside and and it not being a chore again because it very quickly went from being a very good place to be to I don't want to go here anymore and like so far away from the Riverside yeah yeah the the highs and lows so yeah it's it's a tough one it's a tough question but I think just the progression of this team under under Michael Mm. Carrick there's no big sort of dizzy heights that I'm expecting I just want to see something to really buy into again Tom, what does success look like for you? Well, he, he never lost at Man United, so never losing <laughs> again and never conceding again. <laughs> um, Gets beat 3-0 uh, first game. 
<laughs> I think I think just like Dana was saying there, just something to buy into again, uh and, and just make it fun to go to matches. I think in terms of league position, um it's not over. Yes, you know, we we've still got a decent portion of the season to go. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, if Carrick doesn't lead us to the playoffs, then that's a failure or anything like that. I'd like to see us get as high up the table as possible this year and just possession-based football as well. That's a, that, that's a big one. Um, I, I would like to see us, you know, get back to, to doing what we do best. We've seen it from this this group of players before. Um and you know it's just entertaining to watch. So if if we can, if he can get us back to being, you know, entertaining to watch and as high up the table as possible, uh, then I would say that's a, a success for this season. Okay. Building blocks. That's all it is. It's building blocks, and hopefully we can see that from from Carrick. Mm. Yeah, and I think for success for Borough is, like I mentioned there, sustainability for a team to have, or in a club to have players always coming through the door, progression through the club, all the way through management. That is a vision I think what Mills will want. And I think that's what where they're trying to build towards and hopefully we can start to build towards that in the next two and a half years or more that Michael Carrick's in charge of Borough. Um, but, you know, football is very fickle and it could be it could be all over in six months. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but now in terms of like the, the viewers as well and the listeners, what does success look like for you in terms of the Michael Carrick era as well? Because we'd love to hear that in, in the comments and also tweet us at the Borough Breakdown, uh, but also let us know in our Telegram chat as well if you want to email us the, the borough breakdown at hotmail.com but guys that's it thank you very much uh, for joining me the borough have got super michael carrick and it all starts at deep deal this has been the borough breakdown podcast and that was all your michael carrick chatter in a pod up the borough breakdown